What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Motorcade 313, your weekly Detroit Pistons podcast on Outlet Pass. What's up, Akil? Not much, man. Can't complain. I got to watch basketball all day today. I watched some good college basketball in Illinois, Purdue. Now I'm watching the Bucks and Hawks in the background as well. I like that. How was, uh, how was Illinois, Purdue? Good. It went to double overtime. Purdue came out on top. Um, How did Jaden Ivey look? He's good. He's solid. I'm I'm a big fan of him. He'll be very, very good for a bunch of teams. I don't like him in Detroit. Uh, I tend to agree with you, yeah. But he'll be good for some teams. That is that is true. True statement. Yeah, I, I, I've actually talked about him a lot with uh, some of our friends that uh, – from when we were at the lead that uh because they love Jaden Ivey as well and I like him a lot I like you said I just don't know if I like him with us and that's okay I mean that's we already have two guards in place whether no matter how you feel about them they're already there so I'd rather draft somebody that can fit immediately with them and see what we got going on but um yeah so we're gonna talk a little bit about Pistons news and the week that was and get into some other kind of cool things just it ended up being a much more interesting week than we expected. Uh, last week we were laughing and expecting an offer. I think I, pre- I mean, I predicted the Toronto win, but it turns out they won uh, three of the four games they played. They they beat Utah while we were recording. Um, they beat Toronto on Friday, and uh, oh, sorry, they won two of the four, not three of the four. But they still they were. Kate had a great game against Phoenix. They beat the U- They beat the Jazz. Like it just it ended up being a much better and more interesting week than we expected last week. Yeah, uh, first and foremost, um, we need to find a way to get a PayPal or something for Cade Cunningham's tech that he got yesterday because shit's trash. Like, I don't even know how he got that. Uh, That is awful. And also, as much as I love a noted Mitten alum of one Devin Booker, for him to claim the city of Detroit when he's literally three hours away from where he's actually from like exact opposite side of the state it'd be like me claiming it because i'm four hours away yeah like him saying this is my city i mean honestly you wanted to come here um that's different though we also noted they didn't draft you which is still one of the things that pisses me off uh, but if you ever want to come here on your second deal, I'll let you call this your city whatsoever all the time. Because uh, I think a Cade Cunningham, Devin Bucker backcourt would be tough, personally. Yeah. Well, um, and that's actually what we saw a lot in the game. It's not that they were on the same team, but like them going back and forth. It was before Cade got ejected. He was looking insane in that game. I mean, I, I, I also get the other part. Like when you're going for 30 on like 9 of 11 shooting, I get it. Like you could go ahead and go for it. Uh, but yeah, Buck was ultra efficient. Cave was in his bag. Um, he's been in his bag. I don't know if we talked about the Utah game. We definitely we didn't because we were recording and, we and the recording. podcast dropped afterward, but we recorded before the game. Like nobody could stay in front of Cade Cunningham in that oh. Utah. Game. Like he was going at dudes left and right. Like this is my biggest thing with Utah. Their point of attack defense is garbage. And they kind of hang Rudy Gobert out to dry, a la Clippers series. Um, so honestly, you know what? Maybe maybe Rudy Gobert defensive player of the year because uh, the Pistons scored 126. Maybe Rudy Gobert defensive player of the year because 
we got 126 points against them without him on the floor. So yeah, that and I'll come back to that game in a minute because that that opened up my eyes to something else, and it kind of only got worse as the week went on. But that's that, that I'm going to get into that topic later. When it comes to K, yeah, it was just. I mean, obviously he's been really solid all year, but this week felt like a statement week for me with Cade's line against the Utah Jazz was 29 points. 29, 8, 2, 2. Yeah, and then one rebound. So yeah. I thought that was very impressive. And then he comes back. Like the game against the Bulls was nothing because like a second night, the back-to-back, we got bodied. And then Cade had 18, 7, and 5 against Toronto. And then against... Phoenix in 25 minutes before he got ejected yesterday, he had 21 points on 15 shots. Like, he's just – it's a level of confidence that you're seeing him grow with. And the way you're seeing him and Killian play together, you're seeing grow as well. I, I understand that we don't necessarily see Kill trapped in the corner a lot, but you saw Killian get up and dunk a few times this week. That's definitely a little bit of an added aggression from the team as a whole, and I think that that's because they're growing and, like, feeding off of their best player in Cade Cunningham, giving them that confidence to be a little bit more aggressive. Homies lived that way. Killian's coming along. Trey Lyles has had a good week. Sadiq Bay has been very good of late. Other than, like yesterday was rough, but other than that, he's been good of late. Like it's just this team is still bad, but you're seeing growth, and that that to me is fun to watch. Yeah, that that was my my biggest kind of takeaway with the Utah game when it came to Sadiq. Like you could kind of see how like when everything gets idealized and actualized where Sadiq fits in next to next to Cade like and it was the perfect version of Sadiq Bay too right like I remember when I was talking about it with Bryce way back when but everything Sadiq was doing was super simple right like it was Cade was getting to the rim he was drawing help and kicking out and he was either hitting open catch and shoot jump shots or off of leverage he's attacking closeouts and he's getting to the rim or if he's attacking a closeout that extra guy comes and he's kicking it out to whoever else is there like everything else was super simple reads and it was being really highly effective I think he was 70 70 100 like he shot 71 percent from the three 71 percent from two and like 100 from the free throw line which is once again ridiculous um he was fantastic that whole game uh and Sadiq is gonna be a very, very nice piece, I think, in the next kind of coming years. Yeah, I've definitely, I feel like he's the one that my opinion has changed the most on as the years go along in the positive way. Like, I was a believer in Hami, not necessarily to the extent that he's been over the last, like, month or so, but, I like, I saw something there and I wanted to see him realize it. Uh, I didn't, like, Sadiq, I remember us talking before the year that we thought that role player at best, and I still think that there's a very solid chance that's what it is, but what he's doing right now is really impressive. He's actualizing his role because yes. of Cade. And I think that that's, I mean, that's obviously what you want when you take a guy like Cade number one overall, that he's able to not only make himself look good, but make everyone else on the team look yeah, good. Like it's, yeah, it's like being, so often you hear the NBA, like you'll hear like dudes being called, whether you're like a floor raiser, ceiling raiser, whatever it is, yada, yada, yada. And, like, that was a big thing with Cade. Like, everybody kind of thought once he got here, he'd be able to raise everybody else's play around him. And it looks like, hey, that's that's actually working a little bit more, uh, which, you, which you just absolutely love to see. Uh, mm-hmm. One big thing for me, every something that I'd like to see a little bit more, I don't know if we've seen it as much, 
but I'd like to see some more kind of two-man game with Killian and Cade. Like, I'm a big fan of guards setting screens for each other. A lot of coaches don't use it. Uh, but I think it's a really kind of sneaky way to take advantage of both of those players. Like, mm-hmm. Cade, let's be honest, he likes to get trapped quite a bit. Uh, so if you do kind of use that, I think it is a fun little wrinkle. because I'm I excited mean, for that, yeah. Like, if you get more kill, short roll, kind of four-on-threes where he gets all this space to just attack and get downhill, which is what he's really good at, I think good things can happen from that. So if it comes more, we'll see. But I think it's something fun to kind of think about. Maybe it shows. I noticed that a lot over the last week when I was doing the clip threads where they weren't like, it wasn't them setting screens for each other necessarily, but because Stu is still the main screener when he's out there, but it was a lot of them passing back and forth between each other and then finding an open look for each other or for Hamdu Diallo cutting to the rim, which that's not exactly what you're saying, but it's still an evolution of the offense that we have not seen over the year. It's starting to be utilized a little bit more. And part of that's because you're just starting to get into Killian as a secondary playmaker, which is what they're trying to develop. But um, I'm interested to see them add that in the long run. I think that would be a really cool wrinkle to add. I think that, okay, we'll just get into it now because this is the one thing that I have not liked about the progression of the team. And it's, it was kind of glaring when they were, they were running this. Isaiah Stewart has not progressed offensively in the way that any of us would have liked. Yeah, I, I don't want to say he stinks or he's been bad, but he's been. I think not he's fun. regressed. He's been not fun to watch. Like, and there's been, like there was a lot of times where I like, especially while I was doing the threads, but even just watching it, like Cater Kill would throw him a dynamite pass, and I'd clip it right before the shot because he'd either fumble it or miss the shot or be too tentative with the shot, and I was just like you were more aggressive last year when you were getting a more limited role. Now that you're being put in a more focal position, why are you not, why are you being more tentative? Why are you not progressing? It's just, it's very frustrating as somebody who really believed in him coming into this season. And I mean, if he's just a backup big, that's fine. I understand that he's in a role that he's not necessarily going to fill long-term, but it's very frustrating whenever you see everybody else progressing forward, that somebody who you really like is not making the same steps. Yeah, for me, the, what kind of stuck around for him, what kind of stuck out like a sore thumb uh, was the Toronto game. I don't know if you watched that one, but he like, I, and I get it, not every team is as long as the Toronto Raptors. Like, that's kind of a one-off. They're, they have three dudes out there with seven-foot wingspans. Like, not everybody's them. But he struggled against that team. And like, it was hard for him to do anything. Uh, I felt the same thing kind of with Phoenix as well. Phoenix was kind of a struggle game as well. So I think that's something that we definitely kind of have to look look and attack to, like, especially the summer. I've said it in nauseum, this team would look very good if we had some type of vertical spacing. Yeah. Like, there is nobody who can go above the rim and catch a lob. Like, nobody at all. Uh, if they had that, that... I think we look way better as a basketball team this year. Um, so that's that is a big problem area as well for me. Yeah, it's like like I, I keep saying his name, but Hami's the closest to that, right? And that's not like he's doing his best, but that's not what you want out of that role. And and I think that we will address that, whether it be 
at the at the trade deadline or specifically in the draft and free agency this offseason. But for now, it is it is a gaping hole in their offensive game. Like, it it sucks that like I mean right now like and we'll we'll get into the bowl bowl of it all because that also happened since last week. But it was going to be nice to have somebody over six foot ten on the roster, and and you just don't have that. So yeah, I, it's it's just the thing of. We don't have like a release valve kind of guy yeah. there, right? Like, and I'm not the biggest Vooch fan, but like, what? And I'm not gonna say Stu's gonna be there, but like that value is like when his guards get doubled and they're driving to the rim, they can find him on dump off passes and he will make layups. And it's yeah. like Stu can't even do that, so it's like awful, awfully hard, man. No, I, yeah, I agree. I, I think that. I mean, and that's why, I mean, we've talked enough draft stuff on here, but wow, Javari's been the guy that we wanted if we were at one. If we're not at one, I, I could see it. I don't know if it's Chet or if it's somebody else that you want in that role, or if you just want to invest in it in free agency. I know that a hot name that I've seen people throw around is uh, if DeAndre Ayton is to not get paid by, by Phoenix because there's been the indication they don't want to give him the max. I, I think Detroit would willingly give him the max and he would be able to provide something of, of what you're talking about there. Um yeah, I, I think it's something to keep an eye on going forward. Bobo, the trade was rescinded. Did you take much away from the trade being rescinded? I mean, noted NBA player who had a lot of injury question marks coming into the draft failed a physical. What did you think about the Monte Yunus speaking his piece about all that? I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't care really. Like, just kind yeah. of like an old dude being irrelevant, like, I'm pretty sure they're using different doctors than from now, because that was probably five, six years ago. Yeah, and I mean, like, he has, I, I don't think, I don't, I think he ended up getting his contract after the Pistons voided with the same injury, so it's not like they were completely off base. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so the only other trade bit that I, I think is worth talking about, because it's somebody we've mentioned to the Pistons a bunch, uh, your boy Cam Reddish was traded. I know it's not Pistons news, but it is loosely Pistons news because the Pistons were connected to the Hawks for a time there with Jeremy Grant. Are you okay? Is my only question. I'm fine. I'm happy for him. Hopefully yeah. he gets the playing time and opportunities he deserves. Like he can be a very, very good NBA player. And hopefully he gets to kind of show that soon. So yeah. We'll see. We'll see who we can get. Maybe a Pat William comes along. Um. So I guess so, so two of the other uh, things that I'd seen over the last week were if John Collins was made available, if they wanted Jeremy Grant, or if a Norman Powell was made available. And then you, it's like the salary filler to get into Sear Little. It's seeming like that seems like the, the, the more likely case if we end up moving on from Jeremy Grant. Like something like that where you're taking on a more win now player as well as something else which I don't know how I feel about all of that but I mean I guess that's what Jeremy Grant is so you're moving on from him for more locked in like I, I wouldn't mind the John Collins because he's the kind of guy I would have liked before he got the contract and we would have paid him so I'm not like opposed to it it's just interesting yeah once again I don't I don't even really know if we move on from Jeremy at this yeah point. I don't know either like I think Jeremy might just end up sticking around but I do know one thing, like, the closer and closer we get to that trade deadline day, 
the more proactive I think our team will be. So I could absolutely see something happening like the day or day of, but right now, yeah. I don't know. no, there's no rush. I mean, I think the benefit of having one of the players that seems to be sought after is we can let the bidding work come to us. We don't have to be pursuing it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, let's see. Anything else from the week that was before I dabble in our? Uh, no, nothing really else. So I'm going to touch on two segments that we're going to kind of add to the show going forward. Uh, the first is this week in Detroit Pistons history. It happened yesterday, but it was too good for me to not include. We signed Chris Weber on January 16th, 2007. It was in a year that Ben Wallace had left in the offseason, and the team was struggling. Uh, Nazir Muhammad, God bless him, was the starter in his place and just was not going well. We brought in the hometown kid in Weber, and the season turned around. He appeared in 43 games for the Pistons. They won 30 of them. He averaged 11.3 points, 6.7 rebounds, 3.0 assists, and 1.0 skills per game. And the team went back to the conference finals. Do you have any sort of memories? Because I know there's a little that's that's where that little bit of an age gap makes a difference between us 2007 so 15 years ago do you really have any memories of those 43 games of, of Chris Weber in a Pistons jersey I do number 84 um I just I just remembered the big spectacle of like nobody really expected them to do anything or be anything that was just more of a feel-good kind of vet being able to come back and play for his hometown team on like the last kind of leg of his career which is super cool. Like, of course, you always kind of want that. Makes makes sense. Um, yeah, I remember bits and pieces of it. I just remember how washed he was. Very, very yeah. effervescent of one Hakeem Olajuwon playing in a Toronto Raptors jersey. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he yeah. only. I think he only played eight. I think he played eight games the following year or something like that, and then he was done. So. You were getting the end of Chris Webber, but it was still kind of cool. I remember having, I got a shirt. I'm in Pittsburgh, so it was, it was a big thing for me to get any Pistons merch back then. Um, and I got a shirt that had the, the names of all the starting five. And it was, it's so weird looking back on it because I'm like, I think of it as a shirt from the going to work era, but it's not Ben Wallace, it's C-Web. But it, it, it's still kind of cool to like, get that little bit of memorabilia. Um, the other new segment was props for the week. So there are four games for the Pistons this week. They're on a four-game Western Road. Western Conference road trip. So stay up late for all those games where they're playing the Warriors, the Sacramento Kings, the Utah Jazz, and the Denver Nuggets. Nice. The first over-under I'll give you is over-under one win for the Detroit Pistons on this road trip. Over-under one? I'll do 1.5 because that way you can't just say push. Dang, I was going to absolutely push on that one too. Because you think they're beating the Kings, right? Yeah, so I'll go under. Okay, yeah. I, I think they're, yeah. I, I don't know what to expect, whether it be, I think Jonathan Kaminga could come in and cook us, but the Warriors have looked a little bit vulnerable, so it just depends on if, if they're looking off that night, but I think Steph's going to cook us. Obviously, we beat Utah, but if Rudy Gobert is back, I, I can see us losing that game as well. So I will go under as well. And the only other one that I had, in case you, unless you wanted to propose anywhere, over that four-game stretch, will Cade Cunningham score over or under 75 points combined? 75 points combined? So over four by, games. So divided by four, that's what? It's like 18-ish a game. 18-ish per? A little bit over 18-ish per. 18-ish per. 
I'll say I tried to make these difficult for you because it's like it's like I could see him yeah. dropping twenty every game, but he might not. Yeah, I'll say I'll say under. All right, well, I'll be the optimist and I'll go over because I games that make sense. Like I think he can cuck the Kings. Uh, I think he can cuck the Jazz, but the Warriors always kind of scare me. Like very very good team defense. Yeah. yeah. Um, Nuggets as well. Like they. So the only reason why, I, and this is the reason why I said it at seventy five because I'm worried about the Wizards game or sorry the Warriors game. But with, I believe Will Barton is still dealing with concussion issues, so that limits the number of wing defenders you can truly throw at Cade right now on the Nuggets. Yeah. So that's where I got that. But I understand what you're saying. I'm going to go over just because. Yeah, I'm I'm sticking with the agenda of Cade's going to push his way into Rookie of the Year conversation. But I love it. I love it. All right, I got an over under prop bet for you, please. Um, Sadiq Bay over under nine and a half made threes in this four game window. So around two and a half per game. Yeah. I'll go over. Okay. He's he's been hit or miss like yesterday. It felt like he was gonna get off to that hot start. I think he had eight points in the first quarter and then he didn't score again. I'm gonna believe yeah. in, in this week for Sadiq. I, I feel like for me when it comes to Sadiq and I don't know if you feel the same way for as me, but like if he's kind of one of those dudes where the moment he kind of catches the ball and if his first shot goes down, you're you're in for a night. Like yeah. if that first one's there, you could go on a little bit of a run. Um, but if it's not, it's like kind of just he is what he is. Yeah, no, I I was gonna say he's that kind of guy that you know real quick what kind of night you're gonna have from him usually. So that I'm with that. All right, well, I think that does it for us this week. We'll be back with you next week, hopefully with, uh, I mean, we're getting closer to the trade deadline. I think we're three and a half weeks away, so pretty soon we'll have some, ideally some new Pistons to talk about, not just the Bull Bull, but just that Pistons.